I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest this week set off last year to traverse the country from Byron Bay to Steep Point to raise funds for Parkinson's. So to tell us more about that and so much more, please welcome Tony and Wendy. Hi. All right, so let's get into that. (laughs) Tell us all about the fundraising adventure last year. So when, um, when, when I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, we decided that um, we needed a change of life. We loved exploring an adventure. So we thought, let's start travelling and we'll raise money for Parkinson's disease. Mm. So we looked around and um, we found Shake It Up and we thought, what a great way of raising money for research research, instead of, you know, putting money into support support and things like that. We wanted to focus more on finding a cure. So unfortunately, we're not this type to go around and ask for money. So we're a little bit hesitant that way, Um, even though we raised a bit over $3,000. But what we found out while we were travelling was we were more focused on the awareness part. The studies and, you know, what was out there that people could, you know, participate in that people really didn't realise are there, do mm, they? Yeah. So we met a lot of people. We didn't actually meet anybody with Parkinson's disease, but we met a lot of people, um, children, family, and, family, family and friends. So the conversations with them was purely awareness. They didn't understand what their parents or their friends were actually going through. Yeah. They just thought it was just you had shakes and that was it. Yeah. So the awareness part for us was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, so we decided we'd travel from Boron Bay, the easternmost point of Australia, across to Steep Point, the westernmost point of Australia, and the hardest way was through the middle. <laughs> so from from east to west as straight as we could, which, which was an adventure. It was. it was awesome. Yeah. So what are some of the places that you pass on that trek and how long did it take? Uh, so we we won on the 16th of May, I think it was. Yeah, yeah 16th, 16th of May. May. And we wanted to pick up all the points of the states as we went across. So our first point was Cameron's Corner, Cameron's Corner. which is the corner of Queensland, New South Wales and South Australia. Australia. So, and unfortunately we ran into some really wet weather. Um, so for us, our next point was Haddon's Corner, which we couldn't actually get no. there because it's just the corner of Queensland and South Australia. We couldn't get to there because of 
It was all flooded. Yeah. We actually got out from Intaminka the day before they closed all the roads. Mm. So, so we did have that. We yeah, did have a bit of bad weather. Bad weather. So our next point was Birdsville. So to get to Birdsville, we actually had to go 12,000 kilometres around, so up to Longreach mm. and around and back down to Birdsville. So took us a lot longer than what took we us thought. a lot longer than what mm. we thought. And to the yeah, and from Birdsville. From Birdsville, we left the caravan at Birdsville, and done a double crossing of the Simpson Desert. So we went from Birdsville across to Mount Dare, and then and then back again yeah. to to Birdsville. It was awesome. Which that was just in the car. We left the van at Birdsville, which was stunning. Like the yeah. whole our whole trip was in the desert virtually. And with all the rain and everything, it was like everything was blossoming yeah, for us gorgeous. as we were travelling. Yeah. So a lot of really... dirt roads and things like that, but the flowers and the plant life was amazing. Mm, it was. It was awesome. So Simpson Desert was extremely cold. We were down into minus degrees every night in a tent on the ground. So Wendy didn't like no, It wasn't quite much. as much fun. <laughs> I was missing the caravan at that time. So then when we got back to Birdsville, we've done the Birdsville track, the Unidata track, Trezlecki track. Yeah. We uh, made our way to the Fink, where the Fink Desert Race is, which they'd finished uh, a couple of weeks before mm. us, before we got there. So we drove up along the edge of the track, which was terrible. After yeah. the race, they all the road was all corrugated. It's not really a road. It's kind yeah, of a track. track. A lot of our Do roads it. were actually tracks. Yeah. Went to um, Alice Springs, spent some time in Alice Springs, um, topped up on all our stuff again, and then we headed out to all the ranges. All the ranges, yes, Around from yeah, um, Alice Valley. Springs, Palm Valley, yeah. and we eventually made our way down to Ayers Rock, um, Uluru, which was absolutely amazing. Out of yes. all our trip. It probably was yeah. That was one highlight for me that I'd always wanted to see as Rock Uluru. And that rock is absolutely stunning, amazing. The, the shapes and the colours in it are fantastic. Yeah. It's really nice. So from then we went on our biggest adventure. Was Kicking and screaming, yeah. I might add. I did not want to do this track. Yeah, so anyway. it's, it's a track. It's called a highway. It's called the Gun Barrel Highway, which was built... 60-odd years yeah. ago, yeah. and it hasn't been touched since. So it was a highway for the um, for the, um, for the range for the missiles. The rockets. The rockets and things like that. So anyway, we'd done the gun barrel, which was extremely hard towing the caravan. Uh, we'd done 100 k's in two days. So it was just Wendy and I. We had to... And the dingoes yeah. and the camels. We had to prop up wheels and everything to get across washouts and things like that. So it was absolutely amazing adventure and one that we want Ooh, to do more yeah, of. Yeah. To, to go to those places where not many people go. We met uh, two other couples and two motorbike riders while we were out there. Yeah. So once we finished the gun barrel, we went up through Newman and across through to Caragini. Caragini, done Caragini which was stunning as well, and then uh, made our way across We kind of hit the coast at Exmouth. Yeah, yeah, hit the coast at Exmouth. Yeah, came down. And then we made our way down to Steep Point, 
which was blowing a gale. Yeah, and across and to... we went across to uh, Dirt Hog Island, which again is the furthest point you can actually yeah. get. On well, not mainland, but it's on the island, yeah. which was beautiful, stunning, 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 stunning place. So, no, no, it was a few months to get across to there. Yeah. Because I think we probably didn't hit there till late July, I think, something mm. like that. Yep. But when we are on Dirt Hog Island, the whales were amazing. They got a, a cliff face and the whales were at the bottom of the cliff. So you could just hear just them. At you night just, time. You yeah. could hear them. It was just amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So then from there we sort of finished our trip from east to west. So then we made our way down to Perth. My son lives in Perth, um, spent, spent some time there and virtually followed the coastline all the way back around to Adelaide. And then from Adelaide, we headed from Adelaide we across the, to we Canberra. We sort of had bad weather again yeah, where the roads were all cut. Flooded. So we kind of, we made out, it was a bit of a quick exit from um, Adelaide Hills. Yeah, to get back home before the roads all flooded as well. Yeah. So we made our way to Canberra where Wendy's daughter is and from Canberra we followed the New South Wales coastline up back up home. Mm. So it was nearly seven months. Yeah, nearly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, but it was an amazing adventure. It was. It, it was. truly was. Yeah, it's good. It's awesome, which is why we can't wait to go again next year. Yeah, that sounds like such an epic, I can't even sort of find the right words to describe something of that magnitude and especially seeing so much of Australia that I think the vast majority of us don't see or go on vacation, it's often to either another city or to a beach and there's this totally unexplored middle that is just so vibrant that um, I really hope a lot more of us get to see. I hope so. I hope so because it's definitely well worth the planning that yeah. were, that went into it. Um, it was it was it was stunning, really stunning, and the people that you meet were amazing. You know, yeah. we we met a a lovely um, couple on one of the dunes on the Simpson Desert. So we were we were going east, they were coming west, and you kind of call in where you are because they have sort of numbers. And you sort of say where you are. And as we came up, they came up, and there was sort of two, two it was kind of divided track. And as we came up to the hill, we both went, oh, my booth. And we, we sort of got out and started chatting, and her father had, had Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease. You know, it was yeah, it was all who, you know, we just met them at the top yeah. of the dune in the Simpson Desert. And yeah. that was really, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the other, the people we met along the way, just in obscure places yeah. and somebody in their family or their friends had Parkinson's was yeah. like we were drawn together. Yeah. We met a paramedic at um, the dig tree yes. and she was there with yeah. the variety batch and we got chatting to her and her father had Parkinson's yeah. disease. So, so we just seemed to be drawn to these people but actually nobody with Parkinson's. Yeah. We probably walked past. Well, we probably them. did, but we didn't. Yeah, didn't realise it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre those moments that you can't write. It just feels like you know it was some yeah. sort of universal energy bringing together yeah. communities. Yeah, yeah. yeah so great. we set the adventure is up purely to share our adventures um, with people with Parkinson's or somebody with a disease, or they. They can't get out and do what we do. I have Parkinson's disease. It's young onset Parkinson's. 
which I do struggle with, but a lot of people don't realise that I do have it. So medication. I, yeah, through That's medication. Great. So I wanted to show, not that I could get out and do it, but I want to get out and do it before. We can't do it. Before we can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that may never happen, and I hope it doesn't happen. I hope we keep going the way we are. And um, But we wanted to do it that way. But we also had to be very mindful that we have our own our own life as well. So we wanted to, hey, make sure that we could do the adventures that we do, that we can get out. I can drive the distances. We can do the walks. We can climb the hills. and We yeah. can do all that, which we realise that, yes, we can do that. Yeah. It might be at our own pace and we may have to take breaks, which could be days before we continue on, but we can do that. So then we know we can do it. So, yeah, so that's, that was the whole idea with the adventure is was that we could share as much as possible as we could, but we also needed to work out that, yes, we can do it or I can do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So now we know we can do it. <laughs> we, we've ordered we're a just, new... We're just itching to go. Yeah. <laughs> So we've ordered a new caravan so that we can do more of the adventurous really, stuff, really get out of, away from where everybody else. But yeah, it's just it's just sort of conquering um, places that you know not everybody's going to try. Mm. I think we that's we yeah. like that. Yeah, we like that pushing ourselves and pushing probably our vehicles and things like that. But just just seeing, you know, teamwork. It was a lot of teamwork to get yeah. across the Gun Barrel Highway. And there was a lot of times that we just went, oh, no. There was three times I thought I took the caravan over. Yeah, and we were just like, oh, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this year was to find ourselves, to get ourselves based, and um, we moved to where we are now. Um, for a change of lifestyle, closer yeah. to the water, because we are salties. We prefer to be next to the beach than out in the dust. Yeah. But we love the dust as yeah. well. So we've moved, um, and next year is another big trip. Yeah. So next year we're going to circumnavigate Queensland. So it really is a trip to the Cape, which we've been longing to do for yeah, many years. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. So we'll circumnavigate Queensland. Um, up to the Cape and then back down to home and um, get ready for our next one. So that'll still take us six to seven Seven months months. just to see Queensland. Mm. The big Mm. country, isn't it? There's a lot to explore. It is. It's massive, you know, just and the communities out there were just beautiful. Inaminka was, they were the most beautiful community. Birdsville as well. Birdsville, oh, just, just amazing. Yeah. Amazing people, just the characters that you meet yeah. yeah, out there is probably what you see, actually. Mm. And the people on the road and that as well, is, it's awesome to meet different yeah. people along the way. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. We and the places. Yeah. 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 The beauty of travel, isn't it, is that you get to meet people that you wouldn't maybe yeah. meet in a normal yeah. world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's amazing yeah, no. that you were spreading awareness of Parkinson's to these communities that maybe don't even have the accessibility exactly. conversations like that. Yeah. yeah, I think ultimately that's we'd like to meet the people along the way with Parkinson's just to say, you know, 
just to meet them as we get around. So it's a it's something that will eventually probably push ourselves to do more. Yeah. To actually organise stuff before, before we, we get go. there. Because we have we've been we've made um we've had a lovely chat with the Lismore. Yeah, the Lismore Parkinson's, Parkinson's support, support group. group. We met them. They came down to Evans Head and we we sat and had coffee. Mm-hmm. So that was really lovely. That was really nice. We got to chat and yeah. and, um, and we've still got to do a interview with them as yeah, well to, but, for our stuff yeah. or for what we've been doing as well. Yeah. So there is those groups out there. It's just planning that before we get there yeah, to meet them. But yeah. So that would be ultimately where we'll go to as well. Much to look forward to. Now, Tony, you mentioned in that conversation that you had, um, that you have young onset Parkinson's. So I was wondering if you could talk us through that diagnosis process. When did you first learn about this? So for many years, my father has tremors and um, he has like essential tremors, really. They've never actually diagnosed him with Parkinson's disease. Um, lately, they have said that he has got Parkinson's in amongst all these other problems. So I've always had tremors in my hands um, probably for the last 10 years on and off. They've been there. And then um, we had some, my business was failing. So there was a lot of stress involved with that. So originally they started, um, my neurologist started treating me for anxiety and depression. So a lot of those tablets weren't working. They actually made things worse. My tremors were worse. So he decided to put me on, he he diagnosed me with um, essential tremors because of the tremors in my hands. And then he um, decided to give me, start me on Matapar to see if that would make any difference. And I was a bit laxy-daisy with it, taking the medication on time. With work and things like that, it was a very stressful time. But once the tablets started taking effect, my tremors virtually disappeared. So I went back to the neurologist, and this was... This is so dumb. It had been six to eight yeah, months yeah. with trying different stuff and things and like he that. Do other, he did do other tests. Yeah, other tests. Because Parkinson's is a people, you know, Tony may have the tremors and, and the aching legs, whereas someone else might have something wrong with their gait or, you know, mm-hmm. or their speech or something like that. So it's all very different. It's, it's, a, it's a hard disease really yeah, to, cool. it's, which, makes, which is really difficult. So I can remember going to the neurologist for, he'd already worked out that I had some Parkinson's type of thing. So I can remember going to him one day and I did not actually realise this, but when I sat down, he said, how are you feeling? I said, my tremors are almost gone, but my legs don't hurt anymore, where I never actually put the two together that my tremors have gone, that my legs weren't sore anymore. I just thought my legs were sore purely because of old age. They work. He's not that old. (laughs) (laughs) So my legs weren't sore anymore. So, and it came down to is um, the rigidity in my legs. You know, my, my muscles weren't working the way they should be. So I was getting sore legs because my muscles weren't, 
working they together. Each other, they were really. fighting each other. Yeah. So yeah. the Matapa, he put me on Matapa, and um, that helped a lot. And while we were away on our trip, silly me, well, not silly, I wanted to see if the drugs were actually working. So I, went, I slowly took myself off Matapa. Wendy didn't know that I was doing it. So over a few weeks, I stopped taking all the Matapar altogether and um, within a month, my tremors were back, my left sore legs were back, so I started back on the McCain. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I realised that, yes, the Matapar did work. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, I guess you have that reinforced. I, I probably... Yeah. Won't have the podcast condone that sort of behaviour. No, <laughs> no, that's right. No. The neurologist was not very happy. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. With that sort yeah. of, um, I guess, misdiagnosis at the start with thinking more just in the camp of anxiety and depression and maybe tremors specifically, when you finally did get that diagnosis of Parkinson's, how did you feel? I didn't believe him. You didn't, so you're in denial. I, in denial. So I, because I've spent my whole life being healthy, I never went to the doctors. I didn't have to go to the doctors. I can remember going to a doctor once because of something. He told me to get out of his room so I could see some sick people. <laughs> so, so I never, apart from a cold once a year, which I struggle with a lot, I've never been sick. No, you're not. So I've been extremely healthy. All my life. So to have somebody say that I have this disease, it, I didn't believe him. But on the other hand, I've seen my father with the tremors, so I know where that all goes. Um, they tried that on Different. Parkinson's yeah. disease tablets many way, years way ago. Probably and none of them around were. the same age that you were yeah, diagnosed. About the same about age. 50, around that 50-something. So I know where it was heading as well so if I I was on the same path as dad I knew what was coming so I know how holding a cup of tea is a problem eating is a problem so I wanted to be in denial that that wasn't going to happen to me so I had to change my lifestyle so that that I was trying to stop it from happening I've also got a cousin with Parkinson's disease He's in his um, 60s, 70s. 70s. And, yeah, his shuffle has had the brain surgery and um, his speech is failing. So I know where it can go. Yeah. I've got another uncle who's actually got it and he's got the same symptoms as me. Yeah. But he's in his 80s, but he's the same symptoms as me. So so I know where it can go. So for me it's to not to slow it down, to not get as bad as what they are. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. You mentioned in that, you know, taking control of, I guess, your lifestyle to try and help slow or stop the symptoms. What does that look like for you? What are you implementing to reduce the symptoms? Well, unfortunately, we lost our business a couple of years ago, which in hindsight was the best thing that could ever happen. Um, So we've, We had a five-acre property up in Brisbane and I loved the property. It was beautiful. The gardening and everything like that, but it was getting too much. If just doing the whippersnipping, I'd take two days to get over it. So it was getting too much. 
And we wanted a sea change. We wanted to move from property to the ocean. We just, yeah, we felt like we just wanted to walk more, move yeah. more. Move like more. where we are now, we walk to everything. We, our cars sit in the garage. The only time we really use um, either car is if we go to Ballina or Lismore or something like that. But other than that, yeah, we just we walk every day, you know, sometimes twice a day. And we're so out look, in the sunshine. We're less stress. Less stress. We're part of a community. We'd like to be a lot more part of this community because we've only been here since February. Yeah. Um, so we, it's just, yeah. It's, it's that it's, change of lifestyle. Yeah. So walking each day, even though on the property you are still walking and still being mobile, it's different. Different sort okay, of way. We're going for a walk for a couple of Ks, yeah. morning and afternoon. My legs feel so much better. So with my watch, counts the steps like everybody does. Yeah. And I was between 4,000 and 7,000 steps, I was comfortable. Anything less than 4,000 steps, I was sore. Any more than 7,000 steps, I was sore. And now we're nearly yeah, 9,000 steps 10, a day. And I feel better. I can walk up and down the stairs easier now. Yeah. So, yeah. so my legs feel a lot better. I still have trouble with the tremors. The tremors, you can't see the tremors, but they're there. My fine motor skills are really hard. So just doing a bolt up or yeah. doing a screw. It gets a bit frustrating. So, yeah, it gets very frustrating. <laughs> you walk away. Yeah. But I still have to overcome that as well. And that was one of the main things with my diagnosis. When I was diagnosed, I can remember sitting at an office desk with a young engineer and I was trying to turn the pages on the plans to show him what we were doing on the plans. And he told me to calm down because my hands were shaking. I couldn't actually turn the pages on the plans. And that's when I realised, yes, I do have a problem, yeah. that I need to to change my lifestyle, the stress that I was under just by turning the pages on a plan was too much, that that I wanted to get away from that environment where you know, you, I was being judged because I couldn't turn the plans and it wasn't, until I, yeah, it wasn't until I told him that I've got Parkinson's disease. That's why he, he understood that and that was fine. But for me to not be able to just turn a plan was... Very frustrating. frustrating. And it's yeah. getting to a place where you feel comfortable to tell people so that then they can yes. make those informed decisions rather than a judgment because you didn't know what the situation was. But that takes time mm. too to get to a place where you feel comfortable to be sharing that information yeah. with other people. That's right. That's right. I mean, you just don't want to every person you meet, you know. No, no. and I think a lot of people with Parkinson's, don't want to highlight that they do have Parkinson's. Yeah, maybe. You know, they're all... Battling on. They, they are. They, all the people that we met are happy in life. Well, yeah. Most of them are happy in life. And they're happy with what they're doing. They're, they're unhappy with the diagnosis. But a lot of them do just get that on with something. living. Mm. Yeah. They, they try and find the things that they enjoy doing, and which is great. And that's what we want to do is find the things that we enjoy doing and go and do them. And I think one of the reasons it maybe is hard for people to talk about it is, like you said, there's such a misconception about 
what Parkinson's disease is. They only yeah. think of it as the tremors, not the sort of complex, different disease that it can yeah. present in different people. And so you raising awareness and traveling and talking to people about Parkinson's makes such a difference because then people have a different reference point. It's not that really narrow-minded view of what a person living with Parkinson's looks like. Yeah. That's right. Because I think they all think just Michael J. Fox. Or that it's and an with- old person's disease or it means that yeah. you're true. Yeah. Or why? Whereas it's like <laughs> you're saying people are living really full, wonderful, happy, joyous lives. Yeah. That's what's the story that we want to share too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And for the awareness part, it's also awareness for us. So the more communication we have with people, whether it be their siblings or friends, on what somebody with Parkinson's disease is suffering with, the more we understand it as well so that we can also communicate that to other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Tone has done a few studies. You know, he's still participating in studies that that he can. So um, Yeah, I think the study part of it we've found is... Very interesting. Because it is an older person's disease Mm. as as such... The older person doesn't want to go do the studies. You know, they're at that part of life where they, you know, it's hard for them to communicate, to get to studies and things like that. So the younger ones, the young onset, ones with young onset or the people that can get out and do the studies, they need to do it. We need to get that studies going. Without the studies, we won't find a cure. Absolutely. And it's studying, again, the different range of people, not just Parkinson's, young onset Parkinson's is really prevalent. So we need to be doing studies on that group of people as well. So Mm -hmm. we thank you for being involved in it. It's a huge effort and a huge contribution um, to be contributing to study in that way and to fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's getting out there to ask people for money. That's what we need to start doing. Exactly right. Well, Tony and Wendy, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for sharing about your travels and your own personal story. I know it makes such a difference to the people that listen. And we'll have to get you back next year to hear about how the Queensland came. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.